Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm really excited to be coming to you this week and talking to you about another ultra story from the back of the pack. This one kind of should be sub-labeled races that stayed in mileage, but they're really not that mileage. This is one of my favorite races of all time in the Sheridan, Wyoming area, is a race called the Wolf Creek Wrangle. So Wolf Creek Wrangle is a race that is race directed by a really awesome person named Christine Dietrich. She's a superstar runner of her own right, finished her first ultra this year. She race directs the Wolf Creek Wrangle and also is the director of Habitat for Humanity in Sheridan, Wyoming. And she's just an amazing woman. And uh, I think everybody should go to Sheridan, Wyoming and get to know her. And you should really go during Wolf Creek Wrangle Week because this is just a phenomenal race. It's done at the Eaton's Ranch, which is one of the oldest dude ranches in the United States. And it is tucked right up into the Bighorn Mountains, the foothills of the Bighorn Mountains. It goes up into Wolf Creek Canyon. If you ever have the opportunity to go and run Wolf Creek Canyon, it is one of the most difficult trails you'll ever have run. And uh, you'll do a lot of bushwhacking, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. So the race course is laid out by a gentleman, and I can't remember his name right now. Christine will probably be able to uh, remind me his name, but he lays out a race course that I I honestly think that he is sadistic, maybe, because it's labeled a half marathon. Ha, ha, ha. It is not a half marathon. It is... It is just, it's beautiful. So you start out on this course, you start out at the kind of main area of Eaton Ranch in this wide open area. They've got like a bunkhouse and all that kind of stuff. And it's just beautiful. There's horses all over the place. And it's just, it's it's an incredibly beautiful place. So you start out and you run down the road and you hook this right. And so the first time you did this, which is where this story is coming from, you run down and you think, wow, this is kick-ass. I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm a slow runner. So at this time, I'm running down the hill and I'm thinking, damn, I'm doing like a 930-mile pace here. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be a fun half marathon. Well, then all of a sudden you hook this right and you start kind of going out in this field. It's just a field. It's a hay field. And they plow it enough and they've got a little path marked out through it and everything. And all of a sudden you start up this really sneaky, evil hill. And you climb and you climb and then you climb some more. And, and then when you think you're done climbing, it's a false summit and you climb some more. And all of a sudden you get to the summit and it's just an incredible sight from the top of this summit. It's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. By your watch, you've done about four or five, between about four and a half miles. And you're thinking, okay, great. All right, that was a great summit. And you're thinking you're a third of the way through this half marathon and maybe it gets easier from here. It doesn't, okay? Because now you go do the summit and you go around and you cut down into this trail. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting this, my air quotation marks, trail because it's not really a trail. It looks more like a stream bed. 
And you go down this and it winds down into this creek area and you cross the creek and you go across this thing and you, you come out by the bunkhouses and you think, okay, cool, everything is good. This is going to even out. And by your watch, now you're more than halfway through it. You're not halfway through it. About this time, two things that, that happened here is I went by my watch and thought, okay, I've climbed this hill up to the next aid station. And by my watch, I was at like 10 miles. The next aid station, if I remembered right, was only like maybe two or three miles away. And I was like, cool, no problem. I'm not going to fill up my waters because I'll just fill up at the last one and then go in. And at that point, I knew that I was not running a 13.1 mile course. And I met up with a good friend named Mark and we started running together. And we're climbing. You're not really climbing. You're just not going down. You're you're winding your way across the face of the Bighorn Mountains, doing ups and downs, and you're on a nice trail. It's, it, was, it was fun. And you get to the last aid station, and you're like, wait a second. Actually, it wasn't the second to the last aid station. You get to, and you realize, wait a second, I'm already at 13. I remember looking at Mark, and I said, man, we're, we're already at 13 miles. Um, I wonder how long this course really is. He said, well, I think the next aid station we go down and it's right where we hit the road and it's like probably maybe two miles to that and then a mile into the finish. <laughs> yeah, we were wrong. It was fun. We were, were not the last people because we, we had passed a couple people, Mark and I, you know, running together. And we agreed, hey, let's just, you know, go ahead. We'll finish this thing together. Together is the key word there. So we're going to finish this thing together because, you know, that's what us back of the Packers do. You know, it's not, I'm going to beat you. It's, hey, let's just finish this thing together. We're having fun. We filled up at the last aid station, have plenty of water, running down the hill. I, of course, do my typical Mike thing. I'm talking and took my eye off the trail, tripped and did one of those head splatters where your bottle goes everywhere. My glasses came flying off my face and, you know, I'm just laying in the dust going, well, that felt good. Had to do that at least once during a race or else it wouldn't be a back of the pack race. So yeah, I picked myself up and everything and, and we get to the road. Now, remember, Mark had said, Mark and I had agreed we're going to finish this thing together. So we're climbing up the road. So now it was really nice, fun going down the road to where you take the right. Now we've taken the right and we're heading up the road. And it was it was a pretty good climb. And so we're just kind of Taking it slow, I mean, we're probably doing 12, 13-minute miles right now. And we got probably about a half mile from the finish. And all of a sudden, Mark took off at a dead-out sprint. Now, sprint for back of the Packers does not mean sprint five-and-a-half-minute miles like, you know, those people at the front of the pack. A sprint for the back of the Packers meant that Mark was doing like a nine-minute mile. And he just took off. Well, Mike didn't have a sprint in him. And so I was like... Well, so much for together. I guess I'll finish this at the back of the pack. And so, you know, Mark went up and he finished and we had a great time and I crossed the line and everything. And I looked at my watch when I got done and I was like, well, 16-ish is close to 13.1. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a typical trail marathon. Let me tell you some of the things that I learned at Wolf Creek Wrangle the very first year. So the very first thing that I learned is the course that's marked out for you may be labeled something, but 
sometimes the course doesn't go exactly how it's labeled. So you need to be prepared mentally to go further. This is much like life. Life kind of it has this way of throwing things at you. You know, you go to high school, you graduate high school, you go to college, you graduate college, you get a job, you start making money, you get married, you have children, you buy the house and then, you know, two and a half cars and you live this great life and that's what we think it is. But life is not like that. Life throws you all kinds of curveballs. One of the things I think that we do as a society is we settle for what we've been given. So like during this Wolf Creek Wrangle, if I had settled for, okay, well, I did 13.1, I'm done. I would have been at the top of the hill and I would not have finished the race. In life, a lot of times we haven't reached our full potential because we've settled for, well, you know, it's comfortable. This life is comfortable. So I'm just going to stop right here and stop pushing, stop thriving, stop dreaming, stop hoping. And we just stop. We just settle for it. And I want to challenge you to not live a settle for life any more than you settle for finishing a race at 13.1 just because that's the distance that they told you it was going to be. Or finishing a race at 31.2 because it was labeled a 50K. Or finishing a race at 62.1 because it was labeled a 100K. Or finishing a race at 100 miles. You stop at 100 miles but the finish line is actually 101.8 miles. See, you don't, you don't just stop at 100 miles because, hey, it said I was running a 100 miler, so I'm just stopping here at a 100 miler. You wouldn't settle for that. So why would you settle for a life that's less than living to the best version of you possible and living to the best of your potential, all right? So the second thing I learned from this race is sometimes, you agree to something with somebody and you agree to do it all together. And sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And what you have to do is you have to still love that person and still be friends with that person. I'm still friends with Mark. I still joke with him when I see him about, you know, hey, that was a great race we finished together, wasn't it? As you know, he finished way in front of me after his dead out sprint. Well, you know what? Throughout life, there's going to be times where you're going to say that you're going to do things with people and then those people are going to disappoint you. And what ends up happening is we get bitter and we get offended by people way too easily. And instead of maintaining a relationship and maintaining friendships with them, there's all these fractured relationships and fractured friendships that are scattered along the paths and trails of our of our life on this earth. And it's because we get offended because, hey, this person said they were going to do this and then they didn't do that. And so they're just going, you know what? We didn't finish that race together, but we're going to finish the race together. The race, the most important race. That's the race called life. That's the race where we influence our relationships. That's the race where we encourage those around us. That's the race where, you know what? We're always maintaining good friendships, even when somebody sprinted ahead of us. I don't get upset when people that I run with finish races better than I do, because I know that I run with some really, really talented people, and they're going to be quicker than me. They're going to do more mileage than me. They're going to they're gonna finish a race sooner than me. 
I praise and I really, really look forward to watching them crush their goals because that's what life is about. Life is about encouraging others to be the best version of them. These are the things that I learned at my very first Wolf Creek Wrangle, and I've learned them over and over again. And I think sometimes I have to learn these lessons over and over again because I don't quite get it the first time, so I get to do it again and again. But these are the type of things that you learn from the back of the pack. Also stories from the back of the pack is those stories that happen when you're just back there, just running, and you're developing relationships with people because you love running and you love people. And that kind of, if you wanted to describe me in a nutshell, I love running and I love people and I want to see people live their life full. I want to see people live to their full potential. And when we're doing life together like this, I want to watch them push past, not stop at 100 miles when the course is 101.8 and to keep on going to 101.8. But most of all, when they're crushing their goal, and they're running that 100 miler and they're really, really close to 24 hours, I want to be their biggest cheerleader. I want to be the one that is cheering them on. I may not ever finish a 100 mile race in 24 hours, but I'm going to finish eventually. And my friends who are really, really good athletes and who actually can run fast are going to be able to do that. And I want to be able to cheer those people on. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, be a cheerleader for others. Be that person that encourages others to live life to the full, to live life to discover what their potential is, and to reach out and just, just keep on running this wonderful game that we call life, and keep on running with everything you have within you, and pull others along with you, and encourage others to do better than you, and to accomplish amazing things. Because I'm telling you, that's when you've truly lived life to the full. And that's what living in an ultra life is all about. So that's it for this week's episode of Living an Ultra Life. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you guys. Take care.